She was a girl with everything. Money, looks, and social position. Her mother, a classic Bouvier beauty. Now, they live amongst the souvenirs of their lives in gray gardens. This is their story. A love story. Sort of. Hailed as one of the oddest, most beautiful films ever created. Come on, we're not writing. Gray Gardens. In New York, exclusively at the Paris Theater. Chuck, chuck, one, two, one, two, chuck, chuck. Excited. Pineapple, apple. Watermelon. Hey, Trent. Hey, Parth. You, do you have a cold or? <clears throat> I just like uh, had like a peanut butter sandwich and stuck on the top of my throat. Uh, that's why I sound really funny. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you wouldn't, you know, you just sound so similar to Trent's girlfriend, Jordan Sikafus. I don't know what you're talking about. Ooh, ooh, ee, ee. I'm not wearing a shirt right now. This is just a very good impression of Trent, but at the end of the day, I can tell it's an impression. Everybody, welcome Jordan Sikafus. It's me. Of Hi. the milk discussion. I'm Jordan Sikafus, a.k.a. Podwife. Um, people, some people know me as Trent's girlfriend, but some other than that- Some people know you? As Trent's girlfriend, oh, ex- okay. like exclusively, but no. My name is Jordan Sikafus. I'm a human being that can even be detached from Trent, so I'm my own person. Sure. Anyways, Jordan, what did you eat most recently? Okay, so I know we're going to save this for the pot. Um, I did not have a peanut butter sandwich, but I did at work for our, like, lunch break that we took about, like, 1, 2 p.m. I had some mac and cheese that I made from Kirkland Signature. Wow, Kirkland Signature. So from Costco? Yes, it was Kirkland Signature Costco branded mac and cheese where you just pop that shit straight from the freezer into Yum. the oven. And wow. I made it on Sunday. So I had that today for lunch. A little bit. A bit. A little bit. Just a little bit a of little mac bit. and cheese. Just a little bit with some applesauce and a granola bar for lunch. Wow, your accent is really good. I practice every day working with my boss. Hmm. Um, would you like to know what I've eaten most recently? Oh, yes. How rude of me. What have you eaten most recently? Well, Jordan. Um, that's how you pronounce it, right? Or Jordan. Or Jordan, right? Jordan, yeah. Uh, Jordan Sikafus. Um, I most recently had leftover pizza from Domino's. Um, I'm in the process of moving out of my college apartment. And um, so I've been sleeping over there for a few nights, coming back home, dropping some stuff off. Um, And one of the nights that I slept over, I came home to find several Domino's pizza boxes. And uh, to my delight, there were several pizzas left. Or not, or pizza slices slices. left. What flavor? Um, Now this may be hairy, but we're big pineapple on pizza people. Um, And so we get- Is there ham on it? No, because my mom doesn't eat meat. But we get pineapple and jalapeno. Okay. On top. Okay, I'm okay with that. Did but you have I, the cheesy bread? Sorry. No, we did not. Dude, the cheesy bread is so good. I've had all flavors. They have feta, spinach and feta. They have jalapeno and bacon, and they have regular. And I've had all three of them. I've tried all three of them. My favorite is the spinach and feta because it gives you a little something extra than that boring cheesy. But then also the cheesy like overpowers it. 
Yeah. This is very insightful, Jordan, but what I think would be more insightful are the thoughts that you seem to have on the movie of the week, right? So should we... No, wait, you have something to say. Good, go. So I watched this like a couple weeks ago. So we're going to cue right into the intro. Oh, oh. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. On this, this week, we are talking about Grey Gardens. Close enough. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so after seven solid weeks, um, eight if you include the week-long break we took, um, of Trent not being a part of the podcast, I was, ex- I was excited to have him back on. Um, and here he is, another week, and not only is he not here, I'm here with only his girlfriend. It's true. So after eight weeks of him not being here, he's still not here. Yeah, he'll be, uh, maybe he'll be here next week. What do you think? Maybe. Maybe. It's been a while. It's been a while. That's convincing. But yes, we're here to discuss Grey Gardens. And um, I mean, we'll get into the production history and our thoughts and fun facts and one-star views and all that stuff. But why don't, why don't Jordan, you texted me. Can we, I'm going to talk about the genesis. Sorry, I'm Please, No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So I watched this film in my room about two weeks ago on HBO Max or Max. You now. mean Max.com? Watched it on Max.com. Whose account did you watch it on? Mine. Really? Did I watch it on yours? I think you watched it on mine because it showed up on my Max account. Before. Well, I did watch it on Trent's laptop and his is connected. That's to connected okay, to mine. okay, okay. So I watched Parth's Max account, right? And I, I don't know why, I just like clicked on it, you know, watched it. And then I think like the next day, I was still thinking about it at work when I was driving at night. Wow, this is like me with Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, but Tom Cruise isn't in this one. No. Anyway, um, I was at work on a job, on location, and I texted Parth saying, Hey, I don't think it's possible to get someone for this movie, but can we talk about Grey Gardens? He said, I don't think we'll find anyone either. But uh, okay, like I'll let you know. And then he let me know. Yeah, and I let her know. And um, suffice to say, some interviews that we were supposed to have done by now have still yet to be done. And um, people that should have reached out by now have yet to reach back out. Um, and that sort of made space for an episode, uh, not to make Jordan feel like she was unwanted. She just wasn't as wanted as some other guests we wanted. But that doesn't matter because in the end, I got what I wanted. Exactly. So, you know, take the win. And I guess another thing the audience should take away, maybe from you, about this movie that you I'm really sorry. like, is a 10-word synopsis. The relationship between mother and daughter. The, the relationship, relationship between, between mother, mother and, and daughter. daughter. That's six words. You're, you're locking that in or you want four more? Wait, how many is that? So that's six. Who fell from wealth. Whoa. 
Very nice. But the actual synopsis is meet a mother and daughter, high society dropouts, reclusive cousins of Jackie O, managing to thrive together amid the decay and disorder of their East Hampton, New York mansion, making for an eerily ramshackle echo of the American Camelot. I think dropouts is an interesting word to put here. I think that they were more like, I made it sound like they did it willingly, but they were very much like pushed out. Mm. Drop like not dropped out, but like no, fell I, out. I know what you mean. Yeah, forced out. Whoa, sorry. No, this guy's forcing them out. Sorry. Um. So, yeah, and I guess like what I would want to force out of you is just like the budget, the box office of this movie. Okay, so the budget is unknown, but um, for my research, your research, which my, you conducted, that I conducted by my own. By myself. Right. On my own. Um, this was, whole document was made by you. Some can say. Um, but although it was unknown, I do know that both of the Maisels, uh, the brothers, spent every, like raised every single dime and spent every dime that they had to produce, make this film. Of which brothers do you speak? Oh, none other than David and Albert Maisels. Yes, so we'll get into the production history. Wait, but yeah, the box office. Oh, wait, yeah, so, we didn't we didn't say that. Although the um, budget is unknown, um, the box office they made thirty six thousand nine hundred twenty three dollars. Wow, which we'll get into the production history, and it seems like they did not recoup what they invested into this. But um, thirty six thousand dollars. Have you ever had thirty six thousand dollars? Can't say I have, but I can tell you right now that Rutgers has 36000 of my dollars. Ooh. 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 Sorry, Mom and Dad. You tell him. Ooh. Ooh sorry, sorry, Mom and Dad. Dad. Um, but I'll tell you the production history. So brothers David and Albert Mazels had directed films such as Salesman and Gimme Shelter, which caught the attention of Lee Radziwill and her sister, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. <gasps> I had no idea that they would be a part of this, like, because I had no idea what this movie was, what this documentary was. I went in completely blind. I, I did the production history before I watched the movie, um, and I was shocked that the, it had anything to do. Did you, I mean, did you watch this for school? Never. Because I, I watched it not for school, obviously, as aforementioned, and I asked Trent if he had seen it. Because on his letterbox, it doesn't say that he's seen it. And he's like, yeah, of course I watched it. I'm a film major. I, I like, cannot recall ever having watched this or having heard of it. Um, I don't know what he's talking about, and I don't know which class he would have been in that I wasn't that did show it. Maybe American Experimental, but I don't know. Well, he's certainly not here to tell us. No. But anyway, so the uh, the sisters uh, Radzowell and Kennedy Onassis approached the brothers and proposed the idea of making a documentary about growing up in the Bouvier family. Um, the brothers agreed and began filming footage for two weeks. During these two weeks, the Maisels came across Radzowell's aunt and cousin in East Hampton uh, named the Beals. The brothers found the aunt and cousin to be much more interesting than uh, the sisters that they were contracted to make a documentary about. Um, and this caused the initial documentary to be scrapped, with Radziwill confiscating the hour and a half of footage the brothers had captured of uh, the Beals. 
This footage uh, was released in a 2017 short film or film. I don't remember. Originally, I said that it was never released because it wasn't for many decades, but it since has, though I don't know if that's available to the public. I saw, and like you can probably Google it right now, but um, on Max as well, there's like theories in love with Edie. Um, but just might- kidding. It's called That Summer. But, I mean, it, there might also be something else. That- there, there's definitely another thing on Max, and it's, like, also, like, footage of them. I didn't know which one it would be, but it's, like, theories, blah, 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 religion with Edie, little Edie. I see. Yeah. Um, so the brothers, after scrapping this initial documentary, waited for a year and then spent $50,000 on film and equipment and went back to the Beals and proposed creating a new documentary about the two of them. They offered them $10,000 with $5,000 meant for Big Edie and $5,000 meant for Little Edie with alongside um, 20% of whatever profits the documentary would make. So they made about another $7,000 from this. Um, So good for them. So the Beals agreed to be filmed and the brothers shot the documentary over the course of six weeks in the fall of 1973. The brothers had to wear flea collars due to how many bugs were in the house. The brothers ultimately filmed 70 hours of footage, which took you two years to edit together into a coherent narrative. (laughs) It's still not even that coherent. Yeah. Um, The finished film was presented to Little Edie and Big Edie in the upstairs hall of Great Gardens. Both Edies loved the film, with Little Edie saying she would move to Paris with the money she would make from the film. Do you think you could move to Paris with $7,000? Hell no. So the film then had its public premiere at the Paris Theater in Manhattan on February 20th, 1976. This is a shorter production history because it was tougher to find it. No, yeah, it's definitely like a sort of like niche thing that I just... It's a cult movie. It's a cult movie. It's just, I don't know. I was just like really interested in it and I, well, we'll get to that, but like... I thought it was like a surface level, like sort of like keeping up with the Kardashians in 1970s sort of thing. But mm. it's actually deeper than that. Wow. Yeah, I guess we will get into that. But that doesn't sound very fun. Though if it was keeping up with the Kardashians, that might be fun. Is there anything else fun about this show? I can let you in on some fun facts. Thank you for rolling the ball to me yeah. for the fun facts with Jordan. Yeah. Sophia's been doing the fun facts and now you're taking, you're ripping it from her claws how does that feel i wouldn't say ripping it i would say that sophia is more of a sharer and we are sharing it she we're like taking our turns Mm. i want to let the viewers know that i really love sophia you like sophia a lot i enjoy her company okay continue Okay, fun facts. When Little Edie was asked who she would like to portray Big Edie if a movie based on Grey Gardens were made, she said Ethel Barrymore, despite the fact that Ethel Barrymore had died, had been dead since 1959. (laughs) I just think that's funny because of who actually played. But Drew Barrymore would go on to play Little Edie in the TV movie Grey Gardens 2009. We'd like to do a movie just about you and your mother. Well, mother and I are very entertaining, that's true. She was gorgeous. Edie had everything. I'm going to New York, mother. Stay here. You know I'd be lost without you. It's very difficult to keep the line between the past and the present. 
Your trust won't last forever. The only way I'm ever leaving Grey Gardens is feet first. You stuck me in this damn world! If you're stuck in here, it's only with yourself. I was the golden girl. I'd have become first lady and not you. I wish it had been you. This is the best thing to wear for today. And you can always take off the skirt and use it as a cape. Um, Little Edie wore a red dress to the 1975 premiere of this film. Only she wore it backwards with a zipper in front. The house, Grey Gardens, was sold to the former editor of the Washington Post. It has since been completely restored. And I think actually like it's a museum now. Yeah, you're not allowed to change it, I think. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a... A monument, if you will. Um, A musical version was produced as Grey Gardens and opened at the Walter Kerr Theater in New York on November 2nd, 2006. Ran for for, uh, 308 performances and was nominated for the 2007 Tony Awards for Best Musical. This film is part of the Criterion (laughs) Collection Spy 123. I like how that made it to fun facts. It's a fun fact. It's a fun fact. I'm having a lot of fun. Okay, damn. Just read the last one and go. <laughs> when Edith Beale was dying, her daughter... Oh, this is on my list. Okay. The well, you don't have to say this one then. Okay, you, okay, we, okay. We okay, can wait, save wait, this wait. for later. Okay, I didn't say anything. No, you didn't say anything. But there are some people who said something, some very negative, nasty things on Amazon. Negative nasty. So do you want to go first for our one-star review? Please. Okay, so this one comes from... Amazon customer rating it one star, titling it, no video showing. Audio is good, but no video. How can I cancel? Yeah, I feel bad for this person. It seems like the video is just not working for them. They should just go on Max. Yeah, they should just go on Max. Um, so the next <laughs> one is, is funny. the next one is from conservative in all caps, and its title is don't buy. Um, and it's a, it's a verified purchase, so you, that's how you know this one's good. Um, so it says, Euporpian dot dot will not play on out CD machines devil emoji. So clearly- Is it the devil smiley? Yeah, no, devil sad. That's a devil sad? Yeah, look at it. Oh, it is a devil sad. So I'm assuming they meant to say European will not play on our DVD player. <laughs> Um, because <laughs> Euporpian is not a thing, um, and you do not play DVDs on CD, CD machines, um, which I wonder, well, this is the thing is the way this is written is makes it sound like they're not in, like speak English, but then or that they're just very old and they are conservative. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Anyways, maybe, maybe John Snell has something more interesting to say. <laughs> I, I have very bad eyesight and my vision is going, but I read it as John Smell. So, yes, so did I. When I first put it on here, so did I. Okay, so John Snell rated it, obviously, one star. And the title of his review being, Mismatch Between Disc and Player Region Codes. <laughs> Ordered Great Gardens on January 9th, 2021. But it's written as 1-9-21. Arrival time given was 2-25-21, February 25th, 2021. Package arrived, oh my god, January 25th, 2021 from M&L GM 
BH Post Bus 71873109 AD Schledam, Schledam, Netherlands. Upon trying to play message, wait, upon trying to play, message came up. Mismatch between disc and player region codes. See package for details. Found no info on package or in printed material enclosed with disc. So it seems like John Snell and conservative have a lot in common. Something went wrong with their region. I just like how John Snell like added every single date <laughs> of ever and like seven one eight seven three one like everything said where it was well, the coming thing is the, from. The dates that he ordered it and when it came do not matter for the review. You know what I mean? I feel like I mean I've been on craft services now. This is my second time, um, and no, it seems you've like been on you've been on a few intros. I've said hi, but I haven't been like a yeah as a guest or co-star. Yeah, you've never been a f- no. That's not true. Um, you and Trent did ten things I hate about you. Oh, this is now my third time being a co-star, and I feel like all of the one-star reviews mainly have to do with like user error or like DVD error, I, which brings me back to my point that I've said now my third time saying this. Just like stream it like why do why this is in 2019 the the first one's 2023 last one 2021 like why are you still ordering the dvds like okay okay oh wait okay. i feel i if any of you have been in parth marate's room you will he has alphabetized all of his dvds so i'm sorry for my saying what? No. my dvds Oh, his Blu-rays. Yeah. Um, So I won't stand for this anti-physical media slander. Um, But I do agree that these people, well, these people just don't seem very smart and maybe very old. And you should just, you should just give them the thing where they can press the button with play on it. You know what I mean? I don't know that they should be ordering DVDs and Blu-rays and. Yeah. Let's just. Instead of writing a one-star review, let's just troubleshoot this. Where you say, you porpian will not play out CD machine. Yeah, because by that time, you could have already watched it on Max. Exactly. Exactly. Um, speaking of watching it on Max, I did that last night. We're in the discussion portion, Jordan. <gasps> we are? Yeah. So how do you want to play this? This is your movie. There's no Trent. It's just us. Okay, then I'm going to start with why I really liked it and why this like made me think about it so much. So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I kind of have that relationship with my mother where like... Dear God. I know. No, no, no. It's actually scary. But I think that we definitely do where we like banter and fight like close friends. But at the end of the day, we know we're there, we're there for each other. But we're definitely pretty problematic and toxic. Um do you oh. think your mom will listen to this episode? Oh, hell no. Okay, but if she good. does, I love you, mom. Mm-hmm. But, um... Uh, Maybe you know just what? end the episode right after she said that. No, no, no. I'll, I'll send her a link to this. And then she'll text me about how much she loves me. But anyway, I thought it was just like a, oh, relationship between mother and daughter. I love Edie. She's, like, so relatable and fun. And she's just, like, dancing around and... She doesn't really give a fuck what anyone thinks of her. No, not at all. No, she's just like walking around, dancing around, saying things, 
wearing crazy things. Wearing the craziest things. I know. The craziest fits you've ever seen in your life. Like the craziest fits, but like, it's also like so cute and fun. Well, this is the thing is that normally I'm not someone that's like, oh, I love that look or something like that. You know what I mean? Not that I don't like how things look or something, but I'm just not the one that will point it out initially. But she wears crazy things. But she it like makes sense for her that mm-hmm. like the way she wears it it like fits. It doesn't feel like you know what I mean? Sometimes people wear crazy things and you're like you need to not do well, that right now. If any of you have seen the documentary now with Bill Hader? Yes, you and Trent it, were talking yeah, about this. It's yeah. It's like Bill Hader plays Little Edie, and it's so funny. He's like, you know, spoofing off of what Little Edie says in the beginning, where it's like, I like the skirt, and <laughs> you you can really... I can't even do her voice. It's like Atlantic... What is it? Atlantic? Mid-Atlantic? Or... Well, the, like the old like Hollywood sort of thing. Yeah, like, mid-Atlantic accent. Right? Yeah, it's sort of like that, but also like kind of like, you know... Southern drawl. Southern, even though she's from New York and New Jersey... Um, her her voice is so weird. Her, her, I love the, the it. way she talks. The way she talks, I feel like everything she's about to say is like so important. Like it's right. gonna be so important. But anyway, she was like talking about like her her skirt and how like the safety pins on it. Like she can take off the skirt because it's not actually a skirt, and she can wear it as a cape. And you know her leg, like her tights, like go over right stuff like that. Vivi, Vivi. Where are you? I'm downstairs. Vivi the raccoon's back. Well, stop feeding it. I don't feed it. That's the whole reason it comes back is because you feed it. Get out. Get out, raccoon. Get out of here. Don't feed it. Get out. This is a police sketch of mom. Put that away. That, um. Put that down. Her top fell off while she was walking down the street. Put that away. And this mother and children. I didn't realize it had fallen off. They gave descriptions of mom to the police and the guy did a wonderful job. Look at that. It doesn't look anything like that. It's beautiful, looks just like you. We have our own stage. Isn't it beautiful? This is where I first learned to dance. I have a memories of- Vivi! Oh my god! Downstairs, go, go, go! She went all the way through! Vivi! What did you do? What happened? I fell through the floor again. So, um, at first I thought it was like sort of like mother, daughter, poverty. Little Edie is like so relatable and funny, cats, stuff like that. But then I read a letterbox, like I was like bored and I was going on letterbox looking at what other people thought of it. And I read one review. Actually, there's a lot of like pretentious reviews. Can I say that? No, go ahead. There's a lot of like pretentious reviews. Where Positive like or negative pretentious? Neutral. Oh. Neutral, like pre- just like generally pretentious reviews that are just like so long and you have to like scroll and scroll. But there was one that I landed on. I guess I'll read it. And um, I was like, whoa, this movie's like actually deeper than just like mother-daughter living in squalor. 
sure. sort of movie, documentary. So I guess I'll read it if I can do that. This is your show. Really? This is for so this episode. For oh. this episode. Oh. Yeah. No. Next week. Uh, I don't know. So. What's the user? This comes from reviewer patron, actually, Sally Jane Black, um, who watched this in 2017, and they actually didn't give any like stars or anything or even a like, but they did write a review. And this is the one that made me actually think deeper about it. Okay. Decaying luxury sprawls in internalized squalor. Both Edies are trapped, bitter, nostalgic, regretful, in love with the time and place, in love with dreams deferred or lost or warped by years of neglect and repression. There is love between them, but it is the choked, stripped love of two people chafing at the other's presence. It is difficult not to have sympathy for them, even though it's equally hard not to not to think of how they came into their money and power, how that has protected them even as they live in refu- and refuse, how others have been harmed by the av- avarice inherent in their lifestyles. These two women are seemingly guileless in their needs and strengths. It seems strange to think they were exploited. They were said to have loved the movie even if they were not paid everything they were promised. But it's hard to watch anyone experience pain and not wonder why those with the cameras do nothing. Yeah. So I didn't know any background behind the two um, before watching this. I mean, they had definitely mentioned like little bits and pieces throughout the documentary. But as soon as they say something like so juicy, it like cuts to the next thing. Right. And so... I don't know. It is like all about like time and how they like miss like sort of like things that they paths hurt their lives could have gone down. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some information here. Yeah, Jordan has a whole list of notes that she like furiously scribbled um, just before I drove over to her house. So the big takeaway that I got from it, or like a quote rather from Little Edie, that I was like, whoa. Um, I mean, being like a sort of like what Gen Z or now graduating should be graduating college, like growing up, trying to like struggle between life and a nine to five. It's like all about time and like reminiscing. And so little Edie says, it's very difficult to keep the line between the past and present. You know what I mean? It's awfully difficult. Do you find life awfully difficult? Oh, I keep like. The past and present, like, awfully difficult. Mm. Like, two months ago feels like an eternity ago, even though it was, like, mildly recently. Right. But that's for my therapist and I to talk about. Or the microphone. Or the listeners of craft services. Yeah, of which there are so many. Um, Yeah, I mean, I definitely, again, I had no idea what this movie was going to be about. I had... Literally no idea. Like, all I knew was that I searched up Grey Gardens and saw that it was, like, two women in, like, a disgusting house. Little Edie looks so old yes. considering she's only, like, 55 right? when I film this. Like, I thought that they were, like, old, like, friends. Yes, I know. It's very bizarre. I think it's because her hair is back. Yeah. Or, like, covered. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I... I I was very pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. Not that I thought like, some, oh, Jordan 
offered it up, so I'm not going to like it. Not because of that, but because this kind of documentary is not always what I would watch just, like, in my free time or whatever. Um, And it is a very interesting case of... Jordan, do you know what direct cinema is? Is it like like slice of life sort of thing? It's kind of it's this idea uh, in film school. You'll learn about it a lot. Uh-huh. But <laughs> but um, it's basically the idea of a type of documentary where um, you know normal t- documentaries. It's like you interview the people mm-hmm. and you like that you have like the talking head portion and they'll like narrate over the stuff mm-hmm. direct cinema is kind of in opposition to that and that's more like what this movie's like where it's just you have the camera there and you just let them go yeah. and you just follow them and you don't sort of influence the events um and it causes this like debate of like whether obviously as soon as you put a camera on someone their behavior changes so how can you say that that's truth is like the idea mm-hmm. It's a whole complicated thing, but it basically comes down to the camera's there. You're not interfering in the same way you would with like a normal documentary. You're just sort of presenting it. And in that way, I really enjoyed sort of watching these two. I would say like the best part of this is the interaction between mother and daughter. Like it's just so it feels real because it's not sort of... um, forced or something it's not like the directors really like pushing them and negging them and stuff i think it's easy to watch because like every scene or like every clip is like just like something new something new and like it's very frequent and like it's just like as soon as you get like oh like this is dragging on it's like okay cut to the next thing where like Edie's dancing or like Edie's saying this or big Edie is singing like stuff like that yeah i also think that like for a movie that was I think released 1975 or 1976. Um, I have here 1973 or five. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I know it was released in, like it was finished in 1975, but I don't know if it was released 19, until 1976 or what the deal is because it's, it says 1976 on max.com. Um, but anyways, um, I feel like there's this perception that movies, the editing in older movies is sort of, you know, it's a little, it is a bit slower or whatever, but this movie is really like, not crazily edited, but it, it's like really, um, like, like, like you're saying, like club, it's, it's yeah. other club, no sleep next place. Yes. I mean, literally yeah. like that's kind of the, the way in which this is edited. And I really, I like that. I like when a movie sort of has a very different pace to it than I think it would. Oh yeah. I like how like nothing like. Like, when you take a step back, like, I guess, like, everything together makes sense. But when you're watching it, you're like, holy shit, like, what is this movie about? Yeah. Like, and I, it, it, the movie sort of goes through, like, this, uh, for me at least, you go through, like, it in cycles where you're watching it and you're like, what is this? And then you sort of get lulled into it and you're like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of get it. And then, you like, ten minutes later, you're like, wait, no, what the fuck am I watching? And I keep, I kept sort of going through that, like circle where it, it like you slowly sort of get lulled into like yeah i get this this makes sense and then they sort of start acting in a certain way and you're like whoa whoa and then they're feeding raccoons with wonder bread and you're like what the fuck is going on yes. like this is they're crazier than i thought yes yeah um 
So I will admit that I never, I didn't know that this documentary from the 70s actually existed until about like two, three weeks ago. Right. But I do remember when the Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lange, Lange, I think, yeah. Lange movie came out in the early 2000s. I remember seeing like a trailer for it on my parents' Mm. TV. Um, and like, I, you know, I don't know. My parents were more like, let's go watch Shallow Howl. Let's watch the new Adam Sandler movie. Whoa. So, Adam Sandler's a fucking G. So like, they weren't like in anything like that. So, but I did know that that existed. But when I was on Max, I saw like, holy shit, what is this version of it? But it's the original version. But I will say like, I watched like the first 40 minutes maybe less than that of the drew barrymore of like the drew barrymore movie and i had watched it after i saw the documentary so when i watched it i'm like oh this is so dumb like right. this but like it genuinely like there aren't a lot of letterbox reviews about it like i don't think many people have watched it but like from the letterbox reviews like people like it the movie yeah interesting because it gives like I mean, when you're done watching the documentary, you have, like, a lot of questions. Like, you know, that little Edie wanted to be a dancer and Big Edie wanted to be a singer and, like, their dreams were crushed because they didn't do X, Y, and Z. But, like, you don't know, like, the deep history. You haven't, they they right. don't talk about the deep history behind it. They, like, just mention it as if you've known them for forever and, like, you know what they're talking about. But, um, like, the movie, like, genuinely, like, goes into the background about, like, it shows you, like, oh, like, Little Edie, like, Drew Barrymore as Little Edie, Jessica Lange as, like, Big Edie. Right. In, like, the 1920s and stuff like that. And, I don't know, I think that Drew Barrymore did so good. Like, her voice for Little Edie was so good. That's interesting. Because I feel like part of the appeal of like what's interesting about this documentary is that it is so like these are just like the weirdest people it's like they're the weirdest people they're just very eccentric and i'm like would i enjoy and i haven't i'm not like passing judgment on the movie because i haven't seen it but like part of the enjoyment is these feel so real or like true when like they don't feel like they're playing up to camera like Mm -hmm. that it just kind of feels like that's just like what they are yeah um and also, I kind of like in the documentary that there's this feeling of uh, unansweredness. Like you don't know, you don't have, there's no conclusion no, to be made from it. And I kind of like that because I feel like thematically in terms of what they're talking about, about like, I wish this had happened. I wish that had happened and it didn't, but you don't see that. You don't, you don't really like, you, you see like photos and things like that, mm-hmm. but you're sort of always stuck in the present. Mm-hmm. Um which I think works because it's like they are sort of feeling the horror of having to live and like they're sort of expressing that in that it's like there aren't there's no like like movies you can make like we show the scene from their past and when they were a kid that like links up to them when they were an adult and mm-hmm. like you can make those sort of um, narrative like connections and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that the documentary doesn't do that. So I'd be interested to watch the movie because it seems like it'd be such a different experience. I watched the first five minutes and they were already like, I won't say like ripping off, but like very directly like quoting the documentary. And I was like, this is so cheesy. I'm turning it off. 
But because, like, a lot of people liked it. And, you know, when you watch a documentary, as I said before, like, you watch it and you're like, wow, I know so much about them, yet I know nothing about them. Yeah, definitely. Like, again, they, like, they talk to you as if they've known you for forever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, like, you know, the blah, 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 blah. And so, <laughs> yeah, no, they're just like but that. But then, like, I don't know, the next day I was, like, doing research about, like, the background, how they got here, what's Grey Gardens about, when did they purchase it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I have some information here that I got from Wikipedia before Parth came over. I don't even know what this is. Okay, so my uh, information starts from the Genesis itself. It's Big Edie. So, um... The whole Grey Gardens um, is a mansion in East Hamptons, which is a very, still a very expensive place to live for like people who can afford it. But Big Edie herself was born in 1895 in Nutley, New Jersey. I used to live in Nutley, or I did not, but my parents did. Used to live in Nutley, New Jersey. Where is Nutley, New Jersey? It's uh, I have no idea, but I know that it's like a 15 minute bus ride from New York City. So wow. my my parents, when they lived there, would like every weekend or every other weekend go into the city and stuff. That's great. So you're not, so you're a liar. Okay. Like my, I was, my mom was pregnant with me when they were in Nutley. Aww. So I was, some version of me was in Nutley. Just not a born one. Well, Big Edie was born in Nutley, New Jersey. Yeah, no, I'll go fuck myself. That's my fault. Okay, so she died actually two years after the film was released, which is really sad. I think she died in 1997. Um, But, you know, as you can tell in the movie, she did pursue an amateur singing career. Um, I guess she she just, like, really liked singing. Um, But including... um, Little Edie, she had two other children. They were both boys, and they were... I mean, they were kind of, like, mentioned in the documentary, but not, like, enough that it was, like, little breadcrumbs to lead you to wanting to know more about the two sons and why they're barely mentioned, why they didn't even visit. Um, but um, she got married to Phelan Beale, Mr. Beale, in 1917, Um Mr. Beale had purchased the East Hampton mansion known as Grey Gardens in 1923. Um, they did separate, however. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Beale um, separated in 1931, and Edie got custody of the house. Um, little Edie lived in Manhattan for five years, but returned to Grey Gardens in 1952 to be closer to her mother. Um, actually... Mr. Beale was in Mexico when he sent a telegram to Big Edie saying, like, with the divorce papers, but I guess it was, like, never recognized by the Catholic Church that they uh, yes. were, yeah, 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 <laughs> they yeah. were divorced. Um, but all she got, like, I don't even think she got alimony, but she no, did just No, because it's get, not a real thing, right? Like, like it's, it's yeah. not recognized. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know if it was, like, legally, official. I mean, yeah, legally, yeah, legally, I guess it wasn't official, but... All she got was the Grey Gardens property in East Hampton. Um, so, as Par said, Beale's niece, Lee Radziwill, hired Albert and David to work on the film. We mentioned all of this. Um, but the Maisels, like, actually, like, loved them. And that's why... 
Yeah. They returned back. Um, but Big Edie did die in 1977, and her final words were, that I didn't let Parth say, there's nothing more to say, it's all in the film. Which is so interesting. <laughs> like, that, I think that's, that's so funny. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, there's kind of like, um, like in that review you were talking about, where you read it, um, they say like, it's, it's tough to be like, say like, oh, like that's fine that they were holding a camera and did nothing to help. But um, in this case, it kind of feels like they didn't, uh, I guess saying they didn't need help is um, maybe untrue, but like they seemed pretty content with the amount of um, support they received from the brothers. You know what I mean? So I don't feel like skeeved out by like, some people seem to be, like, skeeved out by, like, oh, were the brothers taking advantage of the Edies? But I don't, I don't think they were. Oh, I'm really. sure that they love to be behind the camera. Yeah. To sing and dance. Yeah. Um, it genuinely seemed like that. I don't think that they were, like, exploited. That's just my yeah. opinion, though. Yeah, I mean, it's always sort of tough. So, I mean, weirdly enough, this, have you ever seen my junior year documentary thesis with, like, a near farm. The farm a one. Farm. Yeah, just, yeah, just a mere farm. Just a mere farm, yeah. Um, did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of my junior thesis in the sense that, like, I don't think my subject, she's eccentric, but she's not as, like, I mean, these people are pretty extreme in their lives in terms of the way they choose to live and things. Um, and I don't think my subject was as extreme. I just think that both the 80s were just, like, spitting content. They're spitting content. and that, But that's what I felt, like, was so similar with my thesis, is that yeah. there, I, the entire, so, for reference for everybody that hasn't seen my junior thesis, I made a movie about this older woman that um, it owns, uh, owns her own farm and has for, like, 30 years. Her husband has died, um, and her daughter doesn't live with her anymore, and it's kind of just, like, going through her day as she goes talks about her house and like stories and stuff like that and i would say for 95 percent of the movie i did not prompt anything she just sort of went off everything she says was not prompted by me at all i did not ask a single question um and it's, it, it so, felt, she felt was so spitting content too. right she was spitting content so, like some like out of pocket like i mean the 80s are both like in the best way possible, in, like, the best, like, most, you know, positive way possible. They're just, like, so disconnected from reality, yes. in a sense. Like, they... And that's why, to me, because I've gone through that process of, like, actually interviewing and doing a documentary on someone, I feel like this, they did such a good job of capturing the necessary stuff to sort of show who these women are. Um, and yeah. But you see, in dealing with me, the relatives didn't know that they were dealing with a staunch character. And I tell you, if there's anything worse than a staunch woman, S-T-A-U-N-C-H. There's nothing worse, I'm telling you. They don't weaken. No matter what. But they didn't know that. Well, how would they to know? 
you know, my father made up his mind about what Farmington produced, what the Sacred Heart Convent produced. I don't think he was so down on the Spence School, but he certainly was down on Farmington. I don't know why. Farmington was a junior college. You could choose what you wanted to study. Perhaps that was what made my father dislike it so, that I could choose. But I, cho I chose what I thought he'd want me to, to choose. You know, English literature and uh, Oriental philosophies. And uh, I always took French, but nothing ever happened there. I can read and write in French, but I can't speak it. I had years and years and years of, of French. What, what, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite scene in the movie? I think my favorite scene, like, I, I love little Edie. She's just, like, so relatable. She's just, like, well, I mean, maybe because, like, I'm the daughter and my mother-daughter do it. Right, yeah. Um, But she's just, like, herself. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. She's just dancing around. I like the, the part where she's dancing with the American flag, but that, that's, like, a classic. Like, I've seen that. Like, when I watched that for the first time, I was like, whoa, like, I I have seen this right. scene, this thing. But I think my favorite thing was when she was, like, talking about the book, and she's like, who moved the book? Who moved the, It's the marble fawn. Right. Which isn't Jerry. I have no idea. The guy who comes over to the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was like, who moved the book? Like, that, that's what I mean, like, by so disconnected from reality is that... She was just, like, so caught up on this book, and it was just kind of, like, silly, silly goofy. Definitely. Definitely silly goofy sometimes. I would say my favorite part was, like, the end. I mean, I guess, like, the climax where she's like, you stopped me from living the life I wanted, and you never let me. Like, it's, like, that whole, like, thing. Not just because, like, I guess, like, maybe that's the most dramatic, dramatic moment in the whole movie, but that afterwards... It's kind of also just like a cool down and they're just like, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. I love you too. And I feel like that's such a like. Like, I feel like. Like, they just make it seem so kind of like calm and it's like mundane in the sense that it's like they probably go through the same exact argument every single day. Yeah. Um, Trent. Oh, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> Friend of the show, Jackson Clark, five-time guest, is about to enter the room. So, um, in the middle of our recording, um, Trent, this is your first time on the show in eight weeks. <laughs> eight weeks? You, you you looked at it? Well, it's seven Mission Impossible movies in one break week, so. It's good to be back, world. Yeah. Is it? Uh, how many minutes am I walking into this bad boy? About 50. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are we talking about what's working? What's Great. not working? Well, yeah. Oh, we well, I mean, we've been doing the discussion, which is what's working, what's not working. Okay, so what's working? We already talked. We were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even have to I say anything. I don't want to. Yeah, Trent's going to leave now. But derail anything. Yeah, but. Trent's like, oh, I've seen this. I want to film my dirt. Wait, are, are we, we're talking the old one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have, were, were we shown it at some point for class? N no. But you watched it? No. And for the, for the pod, but not before. Oh, you watched it for the pod. Yeah. Did you watch it? No one can see it, but I'm giving Trent a very judgmental look as if I didn't watch this movie and genuinely like it enough to text Parth to ask okay. to do You've this. Okay, you've been talking about it for 15 minutes. I'm sure you watched it. We... No, Parth 50! 50! I know, I know. That's what I said. Uh, Parth, Jordan, and Trent will reconvene um, after the recording has ended. Europe was great, by the way. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think that this movie does such a good job of illustrating like a difficult relationship where two people really love and care for each other, but also maybe drive each other very insane and maybe aren't. They're like resentful towards one another. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's like my dad used to say, we're all family. Yeah. Does your dad say that? Yeah. Oof. Wow. Tough. I love my parents. Yeah, but in a kind of like Grey Gardens way, it seems. In a kind of disconnected from reality, it's well, I'm eccentric. We have a complicated relationship with ups and downs way. Yeah, if there was one word I would use to describe J- J- uh, Jordan, it would be eccentric. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> hmm. Um, that's not the word I'd use. The word I'd use is nice. That's it? One word? Yeah, I'd say you're nice. That's What's- so vanilla. What's wrong with being I'm vanilla? My word for you is sensible. That's pretty fucking vanilla. Could you imagine going up to someone and being like, the one word I have to describe you is sensible? It's better than Well, I guess you can't. It's more syllables. That's all I'm going to (sighs) say. You are um, magnanimous. How's that for syllables? Can you tell me what that means? Nope. Okay. Um... You know what they said, that I was schizophrenic. You know, no beagle is schizophrenic. Too strong. That was written down, that I was a schizo. My Where? God. Was it Somebody wrote it in an article. Huh? Somebody down in the village said I was a schizophrenic. No one with convictions is schizophrenic. It's when you get a terrible kind of a, mm, I don't know. You don't know what's up or something, you're schizophrenic. Split personality. Yes, that's it. That's it. I never had any split personality. I have a hell of a temper. It's southern. God, I never changed my heart ever once. You know, if you're born with something, you're born with it. God, nothing schizophrenic about my nature. Uh, A changeable and unpredictable nature. Their greatest battles will be with themselves. Correct. Are we entering, are you getting kind of hot? I mean, I know it's been hot in this house the entire it's time. It's so hot. My under boobs are sweating and Whoa. I don't have big boobs. Anyways, um, but in a way that sort of feels nuclear. Kind of like something's coming. Like. My skin. It's burning. The nuclear. He does it so well. The nuclear bomb! It's coming! Why? I feel it! Wait, just just sit here. Yeah, Trent can stay. I I have to pee in the second. I have to pee too. I'm waiting for the bathroom. (coughs) Well, oh, okay. We just just have to finish. We just have to finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's good to be back, guys. So the nuclear bomb has fallen. Um, Trent has arrived somehow miraculously after the bomb has fallen. Oppie. Though also during. Yeah, Oppie. Yep. Um, oh. Sensitive subject, Trent, right now. Um, we didn't get the interview. Or, like, we will, but, like, it just hasn't happened yet. Touch the subject. Yeah. Um, but, um, Jordan, would you recommend this movie? Would you rewatch this movie? Would your mom like this movie? And what would you rate this movie? Okay, so first question, let's go through that. Recommend. Yes, hell yeah, I would recommend it. I would I recommend it to my coworker who said that she wouldn't watch it probably. Colleen. Colleen. 
Friend, she won't listen to fr- this. Friend, she yeah, will not listen friend to off this. Off the show. Friend off the show, yeah. Um, this. So would I recommend this would to a friend? No. Okay. Would I recommend this to a friend? Hell yes. Um, I thought that Aiden would like it, but Aiden has already seen it, according to Letterboxd. Um, Aiden is Jordan's friend. She's my best friend. Love you, Aiden. Shout out Aiden. Okay, Aiden I mean, I'm, I'm right here. Your boyfriend's right here. Sophia's on her way, but yeah, yeah no. You love Aiden. Jackson's being... Okay, um, what's the second question? Um, would you rewatch this? Hell yeah, I'm watching tonight with Trent. Oh, God. Yeah, um, and would your mom like this movie? No, that's a hard no, hard pass. She would not like this movie. And what would you rate this movie out of 10? Say about 8.75. 8. 8.75. 9. 8. 75. Whoa, wow, yeah. that's pretty high. Why not just give it the 9? No. No? no. What about 8.8? 8.8. 8. 8. Okay. 8.8 out of 10. Ain't too bad. Um, as for me, I would recommend this movie. I don't know how often I would rewatch can they this. Hear stream? Yeah, I mean, Trent is peeing in the background. I don't know if you can hear. I don't know if you can hear that, but he is doing that. I don't know how much I can rewatch this movie. It's It's so easy to watch. I it's it's like so like upsetting to me. <laughs> Like, like, not like, I don't like, I can't watch like real conflict. Um, like I can watch movies like courtroom dramas, but like when it's like real people and they're like, you ruined my life. Like that's kind of, that's like upsetting. And so like, I would watch that once and then maybe again in a few months or in a few years. So does this movie depict real sorrow on screen? Is that what I walked in on? Happiness, sorrow. Uh, Like more like regret, I feel like is. Yeah, yeah. I feel like regret is like the thing that stuck out to me the most. Um, Regret and resentment. Resentment, Um, Jordan feels those emotions sometimes. On a daily basis, interestingly. And those sort of spiked once she started living with Trent, I've heard. Anyways. And when I walked in during the podcast. Yeah, she seemed very upset. Well, we were mid conversation. I love my boyfriend, everyone. I I just want everyone to know that I love him and I appreciate him. He's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I really like her boyfriend. (laughs) Um, Could be better. Could be, I have notes. I have notes. I like everyone involved. I'm just, I just hope the first 15 minutes of the discussion went well. Yeah. Cut this all out. You're editing this. Yeah, here you're editing. Um, I would not have my mom watch this. I don't think. think A, I don't think she would like it. Just like for what it is, it's not her type of movie. And B, I think she would just be like, "They're crazy. I don't like that." My mom would be like, "What are you trying to tell me, Jordan?" Yeah. Yeah. She that she's cooped up. Yeah. Did you talk about the dramatization and its existence at all? Did that come up in the Drew production? Drew Barrymore, Jessica Lane. Yeah. Yes, that did come up. Oh, yeah? We've been yeah. talking for like almost an hour now, yeah. I'm shocked yeah. that we talked for so long. Really? You're shocked? <laughs> well, not shocked. I always... I like I'm surprised you were interesting enough to sustain this. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to say it out loud, but I'm glad Trent did. Um, I'm kidding. I'm sure well, you took a phone call. On the I pod? Did. Yeah, I did. you did. You well, should my, keep that in. My brother... My, yeah. But you don't keep that in, but like... Cut that out because it's like boring to hear. But like my, I, in the middle of the episode, yes, my mom did call me because my brother broke his finger. Really doing what? Um, he was at a summer camp. He was at a swing. The it's swing. On the, the swing. It's on the fa- Well, you, should, you they can't hear it. Um, the swing fell off like it broke, and he landed on his index finger. Oh, so Jesus. is there ne- neglect on behalf of the camp? I don't think like anybody. Think it's being pursued. Oh yeah, I, I smell a lawsuit. Yeah. yeah. No, my parents are very litigious. Um, 
I did. Am I wrong or did Jordan tear up the fun facts? I'm sure she, that, that was him. They were the there. funnest I've ever heard them since he Sophia had like five. Had them. Five? Not the trivia The trivia section was small? <laughs> no trivia section. Well, I mean. This is fine. Yeah, it's a healthy fun fact section. Jordan, you're getting greedy. Anyways, um, what would I? Long production okay. What would I? What would I rate this? Uh, maybe Jordan won't like this. Seven, six. Seven. I, I think I'd seven. give this a seven. Okay, that's healthy. Um, not. I mean, maybe like maybe seven point five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's our discussion on Great Gardens. Jordan, do you feel like this was satisfying? Are you happy with your craft services experience co-hosting? Yeah, you know, I just really wanted to talk to someone about this film. Like, I really wanted to talk with someone about this film. Um, and I think that this was a good excuse for Partha, you know. Get to know you better. Get to know Take each other town. better. Yeah, we've only known each other for two years, but. He took me to dinner before this. He'll take you to dinner after. He's going to take me to dessert after. Yeah. And then, I mean, who knows what happens. This the, is the, real, night, the night is the young. Real, the night is young. Night and is Sophia's not here yet. Yeah, so Sophia's goes, coming. Hmm? Oh, I didn't Thank know. God you guys were on like, the record. Like for, right now-ish, actually. Oh, shit, I have to pee. Um, It was really nice talking to everyone. That's right. So Jordan's leaving to go pee, but thankfully... Her, her seat is so warm. I'm yeah, come, <laughs> come sit down. Come sit down. Oh. Um, but our, our usual co-host, Trent Alguerre, is back. From the- just, just to end the show. Trent, I'm going to keep quiet. I want you to just say everything That's for the last, for the end, for the end. We'll go, well, next week we'll go what's on your mind. But just mm. end this episode for us. By doing what? Where can they listen to us? Where can oh, they review oh, us? Oh, this well, are we, are we uh, coming this, back next week? Are we spiel? not? Yeah, you can find us every Sunday um, on wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Yes. Yes, Pandora. Third, for Pandora additional examples, wherever you get your podcasting conclusion. Um, if you get the opportunity, if you're feeling gracious, five-star review on several of those examples have that ability. Um, or just like write a little blurb. That would be cool if you're staying to the end of the episode. That's very nice of you. Uh, listen to our other episodes. This episode existing is like a wild card. Don't know how that happened, but Jordan just spoke it into existence by texting Parth. Um, so I guess if you want to talk about a movie on the show, you can just text Parth. And if you're really persistent or if you're, um, close to the show in some way. Or Trent's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it can happen. But we will be back next week. Don't know with what yet because schedules have been a little spotty, but I assure you we'll have something cool for you next week. Bye guys.